Hi, welcome to Sister Codes, a podcast hosted by Kaylee and Ashley. We're sisters who talk about their journey in tech. We're excited to share our experiences working in technology in two different countries and get real with what it's really like being a minority in one of the fastest growing industries in the world. Today, we'll be talking about tech interviews. For those of you who are joining us back here, thank you so much for your support. For those of you who are just tuning in, welcome. When is the last time you did an interview? A tech interview? Yeah. As an interviewee. As an interviewee. When yeah. was the last time I sat on the other side of the table uh-huh. and like, was asked questions? Uh-huh. Um, it's probably been about two years, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I started working in February um, mm-hmm. of 2019. And, oh, wow, maybe it's been longer. Honestly, maybe it's been like 2018. Oh, no, so that's two years. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So about two years. Mm-hmm. But I ha- since I've taken out my role, I've now transitioned to interviewing mm-hmm. a lot of people. And um, that's been something that I've... It's it's a pretty long process to get trained for interviewing, and it's a lot harder than you would think it is when you're being interviewed. But um, I do those multiple times a week. Yeah. What about you? Well, <laughs> as you know... <laughs> I've been doing a bunch of interviews lately. I'm just trying to cover all my bases and do a lot of interviews and it has been exhausting because I think I forgot how much time and effort goes into doing a tech interview. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> I feel like anyone can tell you if they've interviewed for any tech job. Um, I know a lot of people buy Cracking the Coding Interview, which is a great book um, that helps you do interview prep. But um, for those type of books and things like that, you usually have to start a couple months in advance. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Everything that I've written about interviewing, um, technical interviews, preparing for it, it's the more time you have to prepare, the better equipped you'll be to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's really important to remember about interviewing is that being a great coder in your day job does not mean you're a great interviewer. Yeah. There's a really big difference. The style of the questions and the style of answering them is really different when you're in an interview. So it's definitely something like standardized prep, test prep, that you have to practice and get really good at. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I guess in your most recent interviews, what has been the thing that you found the most challenging? Um, I would say the fact that there's always, like you're saying, different types of questions. So you could get Uh, like a coding question so like a hacker rank or something like that that you have to fill out those I find a little bit easier actually because you know code you know and you Mm -hmm. know how to solve problems and so you can do it but some interviews that I've had have been kind of weird lately where they'll just read out a bunch of questions very like language specific questions and then ask you to answer them specific you mean like react js for example and Mm -hmm. then there'll be like a bunch of questions just about the syntax and things like that and I don't know if that tests what they want to test you know Mm -hmm. because I don't I don't think anybody has any of uh, all the syntax things memorized perfectly right so I don't know how well that tests um I've also gotten quite a few behavioral testing questions um which I think are good right it shows how people handle situations or how they would um handle a situation but yeah I think the worst part about tech interviews is just not knowing what's going to happen. Some companies are very structured and they'll tell you exactly how the interview is going to go, what you need to prepare. Mm -hmm. And other ones, they'll just say, oh, it'll just be some type of conversation about tech. And you're like, okay, well. (laughs) I have to admit, I've given both styles of interviews and Mm -hmm. it depends on what they're trying to to know about you or get to know about you. In my experience, the, oh, this is a conversation is a little bit more about a fit 
Um, and then the ones that are very technical heavy are just to make sure that you are really well versed or that you are as proficient in a language or in whatever skill set they're testing or hiring for, mm-hmm. um, as you say. But I think, I think the most important thing to remember when you're going through these interviews is that although you technical knowledge, number one, like you do need to know your stuff inside, outside. I always tell people the number one thing to start with are data structures and algorithms. Know them like the back of your hand. Know which data structure to pick in which situation. Know the runtime, the retrieval, everything about it. Mm -hmm. And that right there will really help you stand out. But the number one question you've got to think that someone might be asking themselves when they're interviewing you is, would I want to work with this person? Yeah. Do I want this person on my team? Mm -hmm. Because I think that is a really key piece of it. People have a bias to pick people on their team that look and sound like them. Yeah. So that's why it's really important to make sure that somebody who's being interviewed is being interviewed by a diverse set of interviewers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's also, on the flip side, creates a lot of burden for women because mm-hmm. women statistically tend to be much fewer. So then it's like if you constantly get tapped as like, oh, we need at least one woman to interview each person. Yeah. Then it's disproportionate spread of interviews across a company. Mm-hmm. But definitely think about your communication. Think about the way that you're... Coming across on camera. Coming across. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I did have one candidate who, like, didn't solve the last problem in a coding problem that I'd set up. It was a coder pad, so it was a live interview. Mm-hmm. Um he didn't quite finish it. He ran into some difficulty and asked me for some extra time. And I looked at the time and I'd already honestly given him a few extra minutes, but I wanted to give him some time to ask me questions. So I told him, you know, don't worry about it. Let's just pause right here. Well, I want to make sure that you have time to ask me any questions that you might have. And he literally got so frustrated that he swore. Oh, he was like really, really upset and frustrated. And obviously it's like, I don't know his personal circumstances. Like, I don't know if he got laid off and maybe he's got a lot of, you know, maybe I I don't, I don't know what's going on in his life, Uh but also it's like, you got to think from the flip side. It's like, that's really a lot to put on, especially in an interview, if that's the way you're going to communicate and that's your style of talking to somebody. So Mm. definitely keep that in mind because those kinds of things really count Mm. on the converse side, right? Like I get that you're frustrated, but maybe don't take it out on me like I'm just trying yeah. to it's know, also because this conversation yeah it's also because an interview is supposed to be like you're putting your best self forward and it is so stressful to have to do it every single day you know and mm-hmm. get ready and think oh I need to watch everything I'm saying yeah. and my mannerisms I need to smile a lot um I need to make sure I'm making eye contact with the camera even though it's unnatural but um yeah you really do have to think I mean you it's also just about being professional Agreed. Yeah. And I think if somebody can't be professional for an hour, then that is definitely a little bit of a red flag when you're going to hire. Yeah. But it's crazy because having gone through the hiring process myself, it's, you want to be an empathetic, you know, interviewer and hirer and make sure that the candidate has a great experience, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm. But it's also like having seen bad hires, it's really expensive for a company to make a bad hire. Mm -hmm. So it also gives you a little bit of insight into what the companies are going through when Mm -hmm. they're trying to make hiring decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, a little bit of kindness and politeness, you would be shocked. It really does go such a long way with candidates. Mm -hmm. So like definitely... You know, definitely just keep that in mind, everybody, yeah. as you're job searching. Mm-hmm. Being really kind and really polite does not hurt. 
mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> I don't yeah, think. Agreed. Um, I would also say one really important thing is to have a, like a whole list of questions at the end for the interview. Oh, definitely. Because Kaylee always says that you should be interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Yes. And it's very true. I feel like when you first hear that, you think, okay, whatever. Like, I just want a job. You know, I don't really care. Yeah. But then sometimes you'll ask a question. And so, for example, one of the one of the ones I like to ask is what is the most rewarding and challenging part of your job? And if someone can't tell you or you can tell that they don't have a most rewarding part of their job, it's a little bit of a red flag because you're like, why don't you enjoy your job and why don't you like working for the company? Um, or if they talk a lot about negative experiences they had, again, a little bit of a red flag. Um, <clears throat> and then, okay, so one question I also wanted to talk about, which I talked about on my Instagram story a little bit, It's about how your company is handling COVID, Mm -hmm. Um, whether or not a company is going to force you back into office the second that you're hired or is going to be um, accommodating and allow you to work from home. I know that some people don't have the option and they just have to accept any job that they can get. But if you do have the option, I think it's important to ask, you know, the employer and say, what is your plan for returning to office? Um, are you allowing people to stay and work from home or are you making people come back in October or November? Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it is really important to treat the interview as an interview of the company as well, mm-hmm. because this is your chance to determine if this is a good fit, if this is a company that you want to work at. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to get that window of insight from somebody who currently works there. Those are great questions to ask. I always ask this. It's a very similar question. It's like, what's your what's your favorite part about working at Blink? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's mm-hmm. a very similar uh, along the same lines. Um, but also from the interviewer's standpoint, it shows that you've done your research and you have genuine interest in the yeah. company mm-hmm. because... There, like it, it takes time to think of really good questions. It does, yeah. And also just asking, I saw on your website of, you know, this program blank. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Or have you taken, you know, have you participated? Yeah. Something like that shows that you've taken the time to go through, research, find something that's interesting to you, and you get to have an employee's insight on that. Mm-hmm. So it's a really great opportunity that you shouldn't pass up. And from the flip side, it's going to show that you're clearly very interested and a very serious candidate. So it can't hurt you both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's great to to use those answers to see if it's someplace that you genuinely want to work. Like, I think that's a really important thing to do. Yeah, I think this is also, yeah, kind of going off that, it's so important to research the company that you're looking into. Oh my, yes. And interviewing. Because <laughs> if you get in the interview and they say, why do you want to work at X? And you don't have an answer, that's, you're not, you know, going to make it through. That's just... Because you haven't done any research about the company. So I do like, I like going on the website and reading about their um, values, like their core values, reading about, yeah, like any diversity initiatives they have. Definitely. And yeah, I do. I feel like in almost every interview I do, I talk about, I saw this on your website and I really liked this in that answer of why do you want to work there? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, just do some research about the company. I mean, sometimes it is a really confusing company and they don't really mind if you don't 100% understand, but the fact that you've gone on their website and looked up, you know, and done your research will still show. You know, some people in interviews, they're like, oh, can you tell me what we do? And then you have to tell them. So even if you don't 100% know, you should still have some type of answer. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. You definitely need to, that is like the one question you should have answered for every company you apply to. Mm -hmm. And if the question, if, if your reality is, oh, I don't really know, then either go back and do your research or 
maybe it's not a good fit for you Mm -hmm. because you should be really excited to be working somewhere and feel like it's a good fit for you so yeah so for example like with a finance company you should know a little bit about like the stock market and what's going on um I was interviewing for like a finance company and one of the questions on Glassdoor was like what is going on in the stock market today and so Mm -hmm. then I researched a bunch about the stock market I mean they didn't ask me but it was still good research and good to know um because you want to be able to talk about like the Nasdaq and the Dow and all this stuff and um yeah so Glassdoor is also a great resource. If it's a bigger company, then there will be hundreds of questions on there about um, interview, like exact interview questions from people who've already done those interviews. Um, There's also salary ranges that you can look at to see um, what's the average salary, because that might be an important factor for you. I mean, I think it's an important factor for everyone. But (laughs) yeah, Glassdoor is a really great tool. Mm -hmm. Um, It also helps you learn about other people's experiences with a company because yeah the negative experience yeah Mm -hmm. I really look at those because to me if a company doesn't treat you well when they're trying to recruit you to work there then how do you think they're going to treat you once you do work there I agree yeah like the the recruitment process is supposed to be kind of like the wine and dine like Mm -hmm. we want you to come work for us right because look at all these great things we're doing yeah you need to see it really as like you're an asset you Mm -hmm. have a lot of talent you bring a lot to the table and that this company would be lucky for you to work there. So mm-hmm. if that's the case and they don't treat you well, whether it's, you know, they take a really long time to get back to you or answering your questions, et cetera, that's something that you absolutely really need to take into consideration when you're making a decision. Yeah. Um, so I also wanted to ask you about some of your Zoom or virtual interview practices. Mm-hmm. What about dress code? What have you been doing for, you know, like, do you get dressed up? Do you stay casual? How do you navigate that? Yeah, so I definitely dress up like I change out of, um, like, pajamas or whatever, obviously. Um, But I like to not dress too, like, fancy because I've seen that a lot of people on Zoom calls are just wearing, like, I don't know, some type of blouse or even not even a blouse sometimes, just, like, a sweater or something like that. Mm -hmm. Casual but still a little bit dressy. And then I think if you overdress, then it makes everyone a little uncomfortable do you know what I mean because then you're like too fancy like I don't know I wouldn't wear like if I was a guy like I wouldn't wear a suit or something like that you know because then everybody's like uh I'm sitting here in a in a nice t-shirt or something anyways so yeah and then another good thing is if you put up your uh your camera so Mm -hmm. that it's above so you're not like looking down into the camera yes is a good one very important I actually have on my blog at justacoderthing.com an entire article about virtual interviewing because I switched teams recently, so about six months ago, and I had to do interviews with my entire new team virtually. Mm-hmm. So I there's so many things that you keep in mind, like having really good mic and uh, camera setup. Your background is really important. I've mm-hmm. actually interviewed people who have like unmade beds and you know, clutter and stuff in the background, and it's terrible because it's like although you're interviewing the person, it also when you see that, it's really distracting, first of all, in the interview, and second of all, you start asking yourself, like, oh, well, like, is this person really disorganized, right? Which, so you just don't even want to create any room for that kind of impression to come across. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, just think a little bit about your background. Try and choose a really neutral background, like a wall, or you can put up a curtain or something like that, just so that you don't have, and also, like, honestly, from a personal standpoint, I don't really like people 
Like, I don't want to invite random people into my house. Zoom also yeah. has virtual backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't want people to see where I live. I think that's weird. Like, I would never ordinarily, mm-hmm. you know, get on a Zoom call with a stranger, which is basically what an interviewer is. So mm-hmm. it's also good to maybe for your privacy sake, try and change your orientation. Yeah. Um, I've also seen like blur backgrounds. Like I had yes. yeah an interview today and the person like blurred their background, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, I don't, I don't really do anything. I just use my background. I mean, but... it's, I think it's fine. I think yeah. it's just something to keep in mind if you're, if you're looking to really get a good virtual interview set up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to ask you as well about how you stay organized because with interviewing, obviously there's a schedule, there's multiple rounds, all these different things. Like, what do you do to stay on top of the different rounds and keeping everything straight so you're not accidentally saying J.P. Morgan instead of Morgan Stanley? I don't know. <laughs> That'd be awkward. I'm sure people have done that, though, in interviews before. Oh, I did that. Oh, <laughs> that's awkward. I did that. I did it at Grace Hopper. Oh, I was, no. uh, I walked up. And I knew I was talking to J.P. Morgan, but there's two Morgan, like, there's yeah, two Morgans. Morgan. Mm-hmm. And they asked if I wanted to interview on the spot. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, okay, but I got really thrown by, like, the whole, you're going to interview on the spot. And so um, when they said, why do you want to work here? I said, oh, I've always wanted to work for Morgan Stanley. They're like, this is J.P. Morgan. And they were laughing. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, my cheeks went cherry red. And, of course, I bombed the rest of the interview because yeah, I was so, so embarrassing. Thrown off. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. I was so distracted. But mm-hmm. anyways, that point we all aside. Make we all have fails. Um, that point aside, uh-huh. what? How do, you, how do you keep everybody straight so you're not making a mistake like I did. Yeah. So, um, I know a lot of people who do the Excel thing where they list out every single company that they've ever applied to in mm-hmm. this, in this time right now. And then they put it like a link and all this stuff and application date and all this stuff. I just think that's way too much because honestly I've applied to like so many companies at this point. Um, yeah. what I do is once I get that initial interview or like that initial, uh, HR call, then I write it down in my planner and then that's how I track it. So I pulled out my planner, which I have not used <laughs> since May <laughs> when I graduated. Amazing. Um, and then, yeah, basically I just, I just write down all of my different dates. I make sure whenever I, um, have a new interview and they give me like a couple different days that I could interview, mm-hmm. I make sure that there's no conflicts because I have had, you know, weeks where I have like multiple interviews scheduled and I don't want to have a conflict. Um, I think it's also important to just space them out if you can. So just give yourself enough time to prep for every single one. Um, and yeah, in order, um, talking about staying organized, I like to make Excel or not Excel word documents. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for each different company, I will just put down like, the name of the company, what day and what time my call is, and then I'll take notes um, through there. Sometimes I even like doing handwritten notes, but after I do all my handwritten notes, then I'll move it to my computer so that I have it all organized, um, and then I'll put it in like a folder, and then I'll have the company's name, and then I'll put all my notes in that one folder so I can go back and reference it because I found that for a lot of like second round interviews Mm -hmm. they'll ask a lot of questions that they did in the first round so it's good to go back over them and make sure I have all the answers correct and I have all that information about the company I've already compiled yeah and I can just bring it up and talk about it um also the fact that when you're doing a video call you can just have your notes right there on the side that is one of the biggest pro tips honestly Mm -hmm. so what about thank you notes 
Okay, I was just gonna say this because I just did a final <laughs> round interview and I, I pulled up the um, my interviewer's email and I thought, should I write a thank you note? I think you should. Uh, like, even if it's just a thank you email because it's it's kind of weird if you have their address. Like, I, I don't think anybody has their physical address anymore. So I think an email thank you is great. Um, it shows them that you like really appreciated their time, the time they took to interview you. Uh, maybe mention something that you talked about in the interview or say like I'm really excited mm-hmm. and um, yeah I like can't wait to hear back or something like that yeah definitely agreed mm-hmm. I think if you can then send them a thank you note have you gotten thank you notes before no but I don't think that my company discloses my email address to the interviewees oh I think that it all goes through the recruiter so if anything oh. they, they they would send it to the recruiter to say mm-hmm. thank you for setting up my interview mm-hmm. Um, but I would appreciate that. <laughs> takes time. That would be nice to, to interview yeah. people. And it takes are, energy, yeah. It takes a lot of time. And the mm-hmm. thing is, too, is, I mean, first of all, it's an hour out of your day, most likely, at least an hour. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you do need to look at someone's resume ahead of time to know which position they're interviewing for so that you can evaluate if they're a good fit. Um, so it takes a little bit of prep work on the, on the upside. And then afterwards you do have to fill out some kind of feedback. And of course the better you, the more time you take to fill out the feedback, the better you can, you know, evaluate a candidate. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to be a good interviewer, it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And I have had weeks where I'll do four or five in a week and Mm -hmm. that's 10% of my week in Mm -hmm. terms of work hours. Um, and so interviewing takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort and, I mean, at the end of the day, you know that you're, you have a direct say in whether this person gets hired or not. So it's something you got to take really seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, be kind to your interviewer. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're, we're people. <laughs> we're just humans. <laughs> trying to do their job. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I would also say that since like after doing so many interviews now, you also need to realize that not in every interview is going to be great. And sometimes you can't control that. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you'll just get an interviewer who you immediately do not vibe with and there's nothing you can do to change it. You can like, sometimes I well, not sometimes it's just like one or two times I've had an interview and you just log on to the video chat and you can immediately tell like the vibe is not good. They're not excited about the company. They don't Mm -hmm. really care. You can tell Mm -hmm. about whether or not they're interviewing you. You Mm -hmm. can kind of just, it's just like an immediate feeling. And when that happens, I would just say, do the best you can, you know, don't get discouraged right at the beginning, even if you think this isn't going to work and just use it as a learning experience so that the next interview you get with a interviewer that you do get along with, uh, will go a lot better because you'll have more experience gained. Yeah, I completely agree with you. The thing that stinks about those ones is that even if you know in the first few minutes, you still have to do the rest of the interview. Even and they've you clearly know, decided. Yes. Yeah. You know they've decided. You know that what the feedback is going to be. That mm-hmm. is honestly so disheartening. That is so discouraging. Mm-hmm. Those kind of people, it's just like they shouldn't be interviewing people. I know. Right? Yeah. They, mm-hmm. should, they should be taken off of that. Mm-hmm. Revoke their privileges to yeah. interview. And maybe they don't want to interview. Maybe they've been forced into doing it or something. But mm-hmm. it's not great. It's not great for the company because mm-hmm. then you see that and you're like, oh. I don't know if I yeah. want to work somewhere like that. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So just important things to think about. Um, but it really is like a full-time job. I've seen so much stuff about people saying um, interviewing is a full-time job and it's true. You're like stressed every day. Yeah. You have to wake up. Um, in my case, you have to put on makeup and I haven't put on makeup 
in like the longest time because we're at home and no one can see you and it doesn't matter but I have to like put on makeup for a zoom call and then I get very stressed and I need to like hype myself up for this interview and do a bunch of review of all these like data structures and algorithms on and all these things so um yeah it's a lot of work but hopefully it's worth it (laughs) in the end (laughs) yeah I mean I think it's just really important to not get discouraged. It's a numbers game too. I mm-hmm. think it's really important to remember that you could put out 50 applications and only move on with 10 companies. Yeah. But it is like, you can't just apply to one company. Um, I mean, you could, but I don't know what your chances would be like. It's also really important to remember to tailor your applications to the specific position that you're applying to. Yeah. And along those lines, like if you're really not interested in something, like don't apply for it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't apply for something you're not excited for or something you don't think is a good fit. Um, you know, I think it's really important to, to remember there are things that you can do to practice. It's not just a luck. I mean, there's a lot of luck that goes into it, but in terms of interviewing, technical interviewing specifically, there's a lot that you can do to prepare in advance because I do see this like standardized testing, Mm -hmm. which standardized testing, it sucks because it's really discriminatory, Mm -hmm. right? We all know that standardized testing helps people who have the means to pay for things like tutoring. Mm -hmm. Um, and definitely with interviewing expensive books and things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And with interviewing, I definitely see it as like a time cost, right? Like it, it definitely helps to be somebody who has the excess time Mm -hmm. to be able to prep and invest in all, you know, all of these resources. But the good part is that the rest of it's free. Like Mm -hmm. leak code is free. Hacker Inc is free. It's true. Cracking the coding interview. That is a 30 or $40 purchase, but you know, that's one, one time, this one time purchase and you can use it for the rest of your career. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really important to remember that the whole system of technical interviewing is a little bit rigged in my opinion. So don't get discouraged Mm -hmm. and you know, you can really find a place for you. Use this as your chance to figure out if a company is a good fit for you and to see if it's someplace that you can see yourself working and with people that you could see yourself working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all of this is super important. Yeah, I also know some people who applied, for example, to two different companies, and I was like, that's not gonna, it's not gonna work. I mean, you might get incredibly lucky and get one interview, but like you're saying, you just have to send all these applications out there and just hope (laughs) and pray and uh, make your resume really good. And some companies require cover letters, which I don't... I don't believe in cover letters because, first of all, I know no one reads them. Honestly, I don't know who reads them. Nobody reads cover letters. But see, that's what I'm wondering because... <laughs> but then some people say, like, tailor each cover letter. And, okay, I do I do tailor cover letters as in replace the title of the oh, company yeah. Yeah. and, like, the role name if it's slightly different. Right. But you can't go through and write a specific cover letter for every single company. It's going to take you so much time. Everyone has biases when they're going into interviews, yeah. right? Totally. And so it's... You know, it's it sucks, but you can't help it. Try to not talk about personal things. For example, like, don't talk about your favorite football team or your favorite soccer team because yeah. you don't know who they like. Um, they might hate your team, and then suddenly it's like they hate you, you know? And it's just, it's not, they don't mean to do it, but everybody does it because we're all people, so. That's, That's a really great point. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, though, that it can help to make a personal connection with who is interviewing you. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, I think a sports team is really polarizing, right? Because then yeah. there could be the, maybe they hate the team that you are, or maybe have them tell you first, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you can choose whether you disclose it or not. Yeah. Um, but I think with other things, 
if they say that they're from a part of the country and you are from there as well, or I don't know, like, or they're living somewhere and say, oh, I really love New York. I've always wanted to go, or I've always loved the Big Apple. I don't know, right? Like, find something to connect you with your interviewer, because number one, it'll probably help you feel less nervous because you feel like you're talking to a person not just some robot on the other side of the table. Trust me, we're not robots. Um, and also, it'll help you stand out in their mind because mm-hmm. when they go back to write the feedback, that's probably one of the things that they'll remember about you because mm-hmm. at a certain point in time, especially if you're interviewing as part of something like Grace Hopper or one of these big conferences, they talk to so many people back to back that it's going to be really difficult, even if they're writing notes, mm-hmm. to differentiate between candidates. So mm-hmm. you want to stick out. You want to stand out. Um, so just try and, and connect with them in the first few minutes of the conversation over anything. Yeah, agreed. I like when interviewers start out and they say like, oh, so what part of the country are you from or where where is home for you or exactly. something like that. Um, like, for example, I had a call with a recruiter the other day and he said, oh, I saw on your resume that you have a 336 number and that's from North Carolina because we used to live in North Carolina. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't live there anymore. But then we talked about that and he knew where I was from and he was uh, from North Carolina as well. Anyways, it was, a, it was a great point to just connect on. Those type of connections are great. And like Kaylee said, they will definitely make you stand out just because it's something beyond I mean so many people have so many similar things on their resume that they're not going to remember if you are I don't know super skilled in Java or something like that it's way too generic so yeah it's great to make those personal connections if you can sometimes interviewers just want to dive right in and they don't even give you the chance to really yeah talk about stuff like that try and use the questions at the end try and use any bit of time that you're given to really get into that bit of the interview because I think that's what really sets it apart and you'll probably leave the interview feeling like it was a good conversation at the very least and not just really stressed and anxious so Mm -hmm. try and make those connections super important and best of luck to all of you who are out there interviewing yeah um one last thing I want to I want to say really fast is that you need to perfect your elevator pitch so that you can read it off and you don't have to look at anything because you just need to remember like for example for me I talk about the fact that I recently graduated I talk about um like societies that I I founded the society I founded at university I talk about my internship experience I talk about my web design business and you just need to have like those top four things and be able to just talk about it really fast at the beginning so that they get this like brief overview of who you are as a person and then they can ask more specific questions about that or they'll you know remember that throughout the interview and be able to link it back and ask you yeah I agree it's great to have somebody with a really polished elevator pitch and Mm -hmm. it's it's just a great note to start an interview on Mm -hmm. um and also it makes sure that by having it really rehearsed that you're not going to forget something that's really important that you want to bring up and then say, oh, wait, no, I forgot that. No, yeah. you don't want that. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you've got it down. Say it in the mirror. Say it to yourself as you go to bed. Record <laughs> yourself. I don't know. Do what you whatever you need to do, but yeah. make sure that you nail your elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. Recording yourself works. I've done that before. Some yes. people said I was crazy, but you know what? No, I don't think you're Here crazy. <laughs> I think it's good to do it because you can hear a lot of things about the way that you talk and mm-hmm. the way you speak. The intonation is very important. Yeah, It is very important. Mm-hmm. And also for people who maybe have a problem with using lots of filler words, a lot yep. of times you don't hear it when you're speaking, but then when you record it and you play it back, you listen and you think, oh my gosh, I use this word all the time just when I need a break to think. Mm-hmm. It's fine to take a break. Mm-hmm. It's fine to have pauses. Mm-hmm. Don't fill them with a filler word. 
it's definitely worth recording yourself playing it back and listening to. Same for hand gestures or your facial expression, things like that, that you don't know about yourself. It's a great way just to make sure that you tighten it all up so you come across very clear, professional. Um, also, on that note, it'll, you can test your mic. Make sure that you have a clear sound and it's not muffled or sounding underwater or like 10,000 miles away. Yeah. Um, all of this stuff is, is, is great to make sure that you have it down pat right before you need to go into the interview so that you're not even stressed about it so that you know that this is all done. Yeah, agreed. Okay, well, I think that's everything for today. Thank you all so much for listening, and we hope that you have some great interviews that go fantastically. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening today. We hope that you learned something by us sharing our experiences, both as current job searcher and current interviewer, and we wish you all the best of luck. If you have any stories or experiences you want to share with your technical interviews, feel free to share them over on our Instagram at sistercodes. And if you have any new topic suggestions that you'd like to hear us talk about, please feel free to reach out. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening.